Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. We've been uh, going through the the draft and the free agency, and and we've been pretty uh, uh, pleasantly surprised on what Pace was able to do, uh, adjusting the, the roster and making some additions to just about every position of need uh, through the draft, despite not having a first-round draft choice, despite limited uh, salary cap. Uh, he's addressed just about every important position on the roster. And of course, now uh, this earlier this evening, uh, the NFL released the entire schedule for the National Football League. And we are absolutely thrilled to have a guest join us. None other than our one and only Eric Lambert. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you are on Bears Twitter at all, I'm sure you know Eric Lambert. Uh, he is the guy behind Sports Mockery, um, which is a great website, uh, has all sorts of uh, great sports content and, of course, Bears content as well. Um, and we've had Matt Zawoski on our show as well. Um, so, uh, great. Thanks for having us on. Of course, this is a exciting uh, time in the midst of all this uh, sort of uncertainty that the schedule uh, did come out. And so, uh, without further ado, I just thought we'd get your thoughts on the schedule um, as it's come out. Any Anything jump out at you right away in the way the schedule uh, has is shaping up for the Bears? You know, I think all things considered, given the slate of opponents they have, it shakes out pretty well for them. You know, it looks like a pretty manageable schedule, especially early on. You're going to go up against, you know, a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs back last year. And you got a bye week that's a little bit later in the season, which is probably where you prefer it, but not too late, of course. And then, you know, the divisional games, you always do, but there's also a couple games in there where I think they're winnable, so it might still keep you afloat if you're, you know, getting into a little bit of a lull late in the season. So all things considered, I think it's a schedule that they can manage pretty well, provided, of course, that they stay healthy. We'll go right into the schedule, Eric. They start at Detroit. Uh, the, the Bears have not started a season at Detroit until since Mike Ditka's rookie season as a head coach for the Bears in 1982. I was actually at that game. 
it was not a pretty show. Um, I don't even know if, uh, I don't think uh, Aaron was even alive yet. But uh, <laughs> Ari was Ari was real young at the at the time. But uh, you were okay. It was fine. He didn't even know what the Bears were at five years old. But I was actually uh, that was I was never more scared to be at a visiting arena than I was that game because the uh, Detroit fans were absolutely. Uh, there were a couple that that uh, really got in my face i was there with my younger brother and uh it was just uh i literally walked out of that stadium a little bit scared that i would make it out of the parking lot alive well that's detroit for you yeah detroit in 1982 i don't care where you were i don't think it was probably the best place to be (laughs) so the one good thing about starting in detroit is if you could have named an opponent uh, to start the season, and of course we have to assume that Mitch Trubisky is going to start the season as the uh, as QB one for the Bears. What a team to to start the season with because he's uh, he's played very well against Detroit. Oh, there's no question, and I'm not going to hand the job to Trubisky just yet. You know, they paid a lot of money and a draft pick to get folded. and I think he's got an equal shot to win that job. So, you know, the training camp and preseason is going to tell a lot about where that goes. But presuming, you know, Trubisky does start, he obviously owns the Lions. The ladies 4-0 against them in the last four games. And, you know, he played really well in Detroit last year on Thanksgiving, you know, especially late. So he just seems to like playing that team. And, you know, Matthew Stafford's going to be back this time, so they're not going to be, you know, as easy of a you know, a win as they have been before, but I still think that's a game that the Bears should win if you're comparing talents across the roster. Another winnable game, their home opener a week later against the New York Giants. So what are your thoughts about that game? You know, they just changed coaching staffs, you know, and I think people are underestimating what the loss of their former head coach, Pat Shermer, is going to do to the development of uh, Daniel Jones, their young quarterback. You know, I don't know if he's going to take a step back. He's going to get a little worse. But uh, you have to also remember that the Bears didn't have to play against the Juan Barkley last time, if I remember right. I think he was hurt. So, you know, containing him is going to be a big deal because he gashed them the last time they played them. But I still don't like that Giants defense all that much. I don't think they've improved all that much. So, you know, I think that's another game that the Bears absolutely should win. It's your home opener. You're going to be, you know, teamed up, ready to go. And I think that they uh, should come out of that one with a victory. I'm excited by all the noon starts on the schedule. Because that's something. Oh, amen with that. Oh, God. Like, that's something we have been missing the last couple seasons. It's just felt like the Bears have been, uh, you know, either these weird Thursday nights or Sunday nights or, you know, 4 o'clock or London or what have you. So it's nice to see some good old-fashioned noon starts. In fact, the first four games all start against uh, uh, or all start at noon is Central Time. Uh, and in week three, they traveled to Atlanta with a, another winnable game. What are your thoughts on, on the Atlanta Falcons, Eric? Well, you know, they're still a strong offensive team. It's on the road in that dome. But, you know, one thing I know the Bears aren't going to have to worry too much about is the crowd noise because the last few times they've actually gone down there, there's been more Bears fans in the stadium than Falcons fans. 
So, you know, that's one thing they're not going to have to worry about. And, you know, their offensive line isn't exactly a strength. So I think the Bears' pass rush is going to be able to get after Ryan a little bit. So the question becomes, can they put up enough points on that Falcons defense? And Atlanta's defense has really struggled the past couple of years. So, you know, they did add Dante Fowler. They added a young corner. They might be a little bit improved, but, you know, if I were looking at that, I'd sit on the Bears. I think they have a better football team to win that football game. That leads us to the, the second home game and closing out the first quarter of the season. The Bears host the Colts in what on paper looks to be, especially with the Bears' defense. I, I think the defense on paper with, uh, with the additions that they made with Quinn and Johnson at corner um, and, and uh, uh, the new safety they, they just signed and, and Hicks coming back from injury. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at what could be another top five defense, uh, and they, they host the uh, Indianapolis Colts and what could also be just another winnable game. Oh, without question. You know, if at home, I mean, you have to understand, Indianapolis is a talented team. You know, what happened last year had a lot to do with quarterback problems and the like. They have a good defense, and they have a really good offensive line, so you really can't overlook something like that. And even though Phillip Rivers is you know, getting really up there in age, he beat the Bears last year, so you really can't take that, you know, two for granted when looking at this game. That being said, I, think, I still think the Bears have the better overall team, and being at home, I give them the advantage, and I have them winning that game. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I, I, I don't want to – I'm trying to keep my expectations low this season after the letdown of last season, but it's hard for me to think that they're anything other than 4-0 um, after these first four games. I, I mean, obviously Rivers is who he is, and he's a borderline Hall of Famer, but I don't – I'm not sure if I totally understand what they're after with the signing of him. I mean, obviously, you know, I guess he's he's he is who he is, but – I'm, I'm just not sure how that's going to work, and I don't know if it's going to be as seamless and he's never played anywhere else in his career, um, you know, than, than uh, L.A., San Diego. So I think that's going to be – I think that's going to be a tougher transition maybe than people think, but certainly they do have uh, the defense, um, and they did have a nice draft. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, I think – sort of a, you know, time purchase. They're trying to buy time until they're in a better position to, you know, address the quarterback position. They didn't have a first-round pick this year. They sent it for, uh, um, uh, who was the defensive tackle? Forrest Buckner. Right. So they really wanted to solidify their defense, and they, they feel Rivers can probably buy them a year or two until they can, you know, get into a better spot to find that young quarterback they can build around again. So I understand what they're thinking. It's just a question of does Rivers really have that much left in the tank or what or was what we saw last year the, the true defining decline of Rivers or was it just the team around him? Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, no doubt. Uh, that leads us to another 20-year veteran that is on the schedule. And this is a Thursday night tilt when Tampa comes to town and uh, they have to face uh, none other than Mr. Brady. Uh, 
you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and, you know, he's owned the Bears throughout his career. The Bears have yet to beat him, and every time they face him. So you obviously have to take him seriously. And he's surrounded by a bevy of weapons, you know, especially that wide receiving core. Now Gronk on top of that, it's, it's going to be really hard to stop that sort of attack. And, you know, the, the Bucks defense is not what I'd call elite, but they have a very good pass rush, and you have to take that seriously as well. So, you know, I have the Bears losing that game. It's a short turnaround. You know, preparation hasn't been their biggest strength. You know, under Matt Nagy, he has other strengths, but preparation is not one of them. So, you know, I have them losing that game at home to the Bucks for their first loss of the season. So, you know, that's just the way I see it happening. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, although the one thing I was thinking is that I don't know if Brady's ever beaten Foles. I don't know if <laughs> – so that could be an interesting wrinkle to the to the Bears-Brady uh, matchup. But, yeah, I have the, I have to chalk that one up as a loss just because of the – like you said, the short week and then um, the big stage. And I think, I think Brady's uh, going to be extra motivated this season. And then motivated Brady is a scary thing. You uh, you also have the fact that Tampa Tampa's schedule leading up to this game isn't exactly a, a cakewalk. They have to play uh, at New Orleans to start the season. Then they have a home game against Carolina. Then they got to travel to the West Coast, well, to Denver to play the Broncos, and then they come back home. So they're crisscrossing the country mm. uh, to play the Chargers. Before then, they have the short week against against Chicago. So, the, you know, the, the scheduling gods aren't exactly being really, really kind to the Buccaneers to start the season with those first five games. And if you look at it, you know, he's, he's also facing against some really tough pass rushes. You know, in that, in that play, you got Denver, who's going to have Miller and uh, – the other pass rushers are going to have coming back, and then you go to you know LA with the Chargers. You got both and company, and then you kind of play the Bears with Quinn, Mack, and Hicks. So, and yeah. the offensive line isn't exactly what I call stellar, even with their new first-round pick. So, you know, Brady could be under siege, and we all know he's not exactly fleet of foot. So, he might be taking more hits than he's used to to start the season. Yeah. So, very. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, hopefully, he comes in nice and banged up for us there. <laughs> <laughs> So the Bears benefit from a long, you know, a half bye week, if you were, which people like to call it. They have 10 days to rest up for uh, a game down in Carolina to, to face the Panthers. Uh, they actually have two back-to-back -back road games after two back-to-back -back home games at Carolina. Then they have to, they also have to now crisscross the country to go out to visit the Rams on Monday Night Football. What are your thoughts about those two games, Eric? Uh, you know, the Panthers, they're a rebuilding team. You know, most of their core is gone. Newton's gone. Uh, Keekley's gone. Ron Rivera's gone. So they're a rebuilding team. they got a brand-new coach. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's the new quarterback, and I know Bridgewater did beat the Bears last year, which, you know, good on him. He played really well, but he's not going to exactly have that uh, offensive arsenal around him that he had in New Orleans. So I actually have the Bears winning that game. I think they're fully capable of doing so. You know, they're the better team across the board, in my opinion. So I expect them to win that game unless they view it as a trap before the Rams. So, you know, I have them winning that one. And as far as the Rams, there's another team that has lost a ton of, you know, you know, talent that really helped them win the past couple of years. Clay Matthews gone, Dante Fowler's gone, Cooks is gone, Gurley's gone. I mean, so many good players they lost, and I don't know if they exactly 
definitely replace them. So, you know, I know that the Bears lost there last year, but I think they're going to go into this game a, a far improved team against a team that's not as, not as good as they were last year. So I have them winning that game as well. Assuming Trubisky is still the quarterback by this time or, or has replaced Foles by this time, uh, that's a game that Trubisky definitely wants to win because of uh, the fiasco. That was the, almost the beginning of the end of Trubisky's reign in Chicago after he got benched in the fourth quarter. So if there was ever a game that he wants to win desperately, it would be that game, at least in, in my mind. You know, the, and the Bears were playing the Rams with, you know, you know, there were there's stories come have come out since that Mac was playing a little bit dinged up. Of course, Hicks was playing injured. Trubisky, you know, was a shadow of what he was in, in 2018 last year, and you know, their offensive line play was was terrible. But yet, you know. They're two plays away, literally two plays away from a 10 and six record, despite all their pitfalls on offense. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to predict anything uh, until we get to the end of the schedule. But, but um, you know, that's if there's one game that I think Trubisky's got circled on the calendar, assuming he's still the starter, it's got to be this one. Oh, without question. I mean, the Rams have really had his number since he got into the NFL. They they made him play horribly in that Monday, in that big win in 2018. He threw three interceptions, and then they basically got him benched last year. So that's a team that's really given him headaches and almost killed his career. So if he happens to start the year and makes it to that game, you can bet he's going to be motivated as hell. Uh, another game that's uh, got to be a lot of motivation for for the Bears is is the one game last year in Chicago where they got humiliated was the game against the Saints that you just mentioned that Bridgewater started against and beat them soundly. They come home on November 1st and play the Saints. Uh, that is slated to be a, a three, uh, you know, a late late afternoon game on Fox at 3:25 on uh, November 1st. You know, the Saints are such a talented football team right now. You, you got two Brees back. They have all those weapons. The defense is going to be healthy again, and it's really hard to look at this game and think that the Bears are going to beat them. I think it's going to be a close game much closer than it was last year because I think the offense is going to play a lot better this time around. But I still think the Saints are just a little too stacked right now for the Bears to beat them in any venue, regardless of it being Soldier Field or, you know, the Superdome. So I have them losing that game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer this time around. Yeah, I tend to agree there. I think also Sean Payton just continues to outcoach Nagy every time they've met. Um, I mean, Sean Payton seems to outcoach a lot of people, uh, you know, not only despite them being talented, they, they just seem to uh, hit the right notes. And, you know, they've gotten they've gotten snake bit by some bad luck over the last uh, few seasons or otherwise, you know, they probably have been in the Super Bowl a few times. Mm-hmm. John Payton's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion. I mean, he's just so, so good offensively. He's made that team so successful consistently for years. And, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't won another Super Bowl already, considering how good of teams he's had, you know, up to this point. But, you know, the NFC's tough, man. It's really tough to get through the NFC to the Super Bowl. So 
I think he will get there eventually, if not this year. But, you know, I expect him in the Hall of Fame when his career is all set and done. Sean Payton certainly come a long way from being a replacement player back in the mid 80s for none other than he played quarterback for a team we all know and love called the Chicago Bears. Oh, I remember and he didn't play for very long. Well, that that hotbed of Chicago, uh, you know, uh, sports figures Eastern. So, you know, it's quite it's uh, it's quite something, you know. It's been weird, man. It's yeah. Been some pretty good standout NFL people. Right. 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 Right game against New Orleans, that finishes the first half of the season. Uh, we started off uh, pretty hot based on what our conversation has been so far. They they kind of cooled off. So, um, I don't know, based on, Eric, what you've been saying, I haven't keep, been keeping track, but uh, we're looking at maybe a 5-3, uh, a 6-2 and three, six and two record heading into uh, halftime. Yeah, six and two is about where I have them. Five and three at the worst. So yeah, you know, when when you look at when you look at the schedule, I think the killer parts of the schedule is is week seven through eleven. Uh, if they can get through the Saints and and then they've got to play the the Tennessee Titans. They have a Monday night game against the Vikings. Their bye week comes at at week eleven. Uh, and then they have the, uh, a Sunday night game up in Green Bay. It's these four games, I think, the, the Rams, Saints, Titans, well, five games, Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, and Green Bay that I think really could make or break this season. Oh, without question. I, I, I tagged week eight with the Saints through the Packers in week 12 as the slate that's going to make or break the Bears. I feel that if they can get through there about two and two, they're probably in really good shape to, you know, sort of cruise down the stretch and get into the playoffs at 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. Uh, going into the bye and then coming out of the bye to play the Packers on the road. Uh, just because of, you mentioned before, Nagy hasn't done particularly well on the games after a, a layoff. Um, so that that's, that's scary. I mean, hopefully they can go in to, you know, into the bye on a high note. Um, which that's they, they play the Vikings before the bye, right, Mike? That's correct. They play, in fact, they play Monday night, November 16th against the Vikings uh, on ESPN, and then they have their bye week, and then week 12, uh, they don't come back until it's a Sunday night game at Green Bay, which is, I believe, it's their last uh, of their four primetime appearances. That's correct. It's all it's all new games after that. Eric, do you think what do you think the Vikings will be next year? I feel they're a hard team to peg. I mean, they've had a lot of uh, losses, and and but at the same time, I, I still feel like you know they're a pretty good team. Uh, although the Bears have certainly owned them in the Nagy era. What do you think of the Vikings uh, for next season? I still think you need to take them seriously. They're a well, very well coached team. You know. Mike Zimmer's an excellent head coach. I think he has been for a while. 
and I really like the guy they chose to replace Stefanski as the offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak. He's been a you know a superb offensive coordinator throughout his career. I think he's going to have that Vikings running game, you know, running hot. It's been his specialty, you know, forever. So you really got to take that seriously. But I think the loss of Stefan Diggs is going to be a little bit bigger than they, they're letting on right now. I think that's a pretty big loss. It's going to put more focus on Thielen and, you know, ask other guys to try and step up, guys who might not be what Diggs was to them. And I also think the loss of Everson Griffin, the pass rusher on defense, is going to be a little more telling as well. So I still think they're going to be a threat, but I don't think they're going to be as, you know, effective as they were last year in terms of the veteran talent they had and, you know, being as good as they were down the stretch. When you take a look at the, at the Vikings versus the Bears over the last couple of years, you know, the uh, the Bears have played them defensively very stout. And, uh, you know, Chase Daniel beat him. You know, Chase Daniel beat him basically twice because he got, uh, Trubisky got injured against the Vikings uh, in, in each of the last two years. You got to throw out the last game of last year because the, the Vikings didn't play several of their starters. But even then, the, the Bears have, have still played the Vikings very competitively. When you take a look at the rosters and what has transpired since the end of last year, if, if the, Vi the Vikings did anything, they maybe lost a little bit, especially with losing Diggs. Uh, they had a killer draft. Uh, but in light of what, what Nagy has done this offseason, and, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show. He addressed just about every position of need. He, he addressed just about every level of, of every position on the roster except for punter. Uh, the Bears, on paper, look to be a better team going into the year. So uh, I expect them to play Minnesota very well. And I agree. You know, I, you know, it, it really impressed me what Pace was able to accomplish. He didn't have a lot of resources to work with. He had to really kind of finagle some things. He, he vastly upgraded the pass rush, in my opinion. You put Gibson and uh, Quinn in for Floyd and Lynch. That's a big win for them. I, I like the kid Johnson. They added a corner. I like Gibson, the guy they added at safety. So I think that defense is going to be excellent. Uh, you know, the area that I'm a little bit concerned about in terms of you know, what they did and did not do with the offensive line. You know, they added more depth, which is good, but, you know, I really, I really don't think they added that powerhouse run blocker that I felt they needed, you know, especially a guard after losing Kyle Long. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do have that guy one could steal. We'll be able to find him. But as of right now, the offensive line is the only area that I'm a little iffy about. But tight end, wide receivers are both better and deeper, in my opinion. Quarterback is better and deeper. So I think they're a much So as we touch base after the Vikings game, they do have their bye week and they come back against Green Bay. And, you know, here's here's another a situation where uh, although the record doesn't show it, uh, they've really played Green Bay tough in each of their last six games in the Nagy era. They should have won the, the you know, week one uh, up in, in Green Bay in 2018. Uh, you know, they pretty much dominated them when they, they clinched the division in December of 18 against Green Bay, although the score doesn't indicate how badly the Bears outplayed Green Bay. Uh, you know, they're, they're a play away from, from beating Green Bay opening week. 
Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm still telling you that uh, that Robinson was interfered with in the fourth quarter in the end zone when 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 uh, uh, Amos intercepted Trubisky's pass. But uh, I digress. Um, even even the game in in Green Bay later in the year, they still you know the defense plays Rodgers extremely well and with an improved pass rush. Uh, it you know it you know it could really be the difference. This is I can't remember the last time it 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 took the the Bears all the way out until Week 12 before they played Green Bay at all. And I'm honestly, you know, I'm in favor of it. I've been sick and tired of seeing the Packers early in the season. I'd rather wait and you know see if you can build some momentum before you go in and see them. And I think that's what the Bears would end up doing with this particular schedule. I think they go into the bye with a win. They're going to have a solid record. They're going to have some confidence. And, you know, they've always played them tough. And I think that quarterback play has always been the defining factor in these games. The Bears usually come out on the short end of the stick. Obviously, Trubisky has typically struggled against the Packers. So whether it's him or Foles, if they can get a solid game out of that position and the defense continues to play Rodgers as well as they've played him, I think they can win that game. I don't have them winning that game because I just think it's a tough, you know, a tough situation. It's in Green Bay coming out of the bye week, and the Bears don't have a good history coming out of the bye week under Nagy. So I have that as a loss, but I can easily see that as a win under, under the right circumstances. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I just I have a hard time picking the Bears in Green Bay. It's just it doesn't work. <laughs> like, I, I want to, but I just – I, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> so I just can't do it. Now we're getting into the the home stretch, and, and the Bears are right now in the middle of playing five of their last seven games against NFC North opponents. They finish up their season series at home at a, a noon game, the the first of their, their last five games, all of which are ter- currently scheduled to be at noon against the Lions, who, as we said earlier, the Bears have have really owned uh, in in the Nagy era in with Trubisky a quarterback. You know, I, I haven't been winning that game. You know, if if they escape the Lions' own home turf with a win, they're going to beat them at Soldier Field because the Lions have never had a lot of luck at beating the Bears at Soldier Field anyway. And I think the Lions are probably probably going to be out of the playoff picture by this point. So they're, you know, they're just going to be playing for pride at that point. So I expect the Bears to win that, that game and, you know, clean sweep the series. What is the day? Is that Thanksgiving? No. 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 It's December. Oh, okay. It's December 6th. The, uh, the, the, the Bears, that Lions game um, uh, is actually – the Lions played on Thanksgiving the week before, so they've got 10 days to, to rest up for the Bears up got in it. Chicago. Got it. Right. The next game is uh, they take a break from the NFC North, and but they have they have a warm weather, in fact, a basically indoor team coming up north with uh, with uh, Houston playing in Chicago. So last year you had Mahomes uh, and Trubisky. And of course, now this year we've got uh, Watson and Trubisky. And, 
as thoroughly as Detroit, or I'm sorry, as Kansas City defeated the, the Bears last year at home in a very embarrassing performance by the entire team. Uh, you know, based on what we're looking at here, the Bears really should be having a lot to play for going into this game. Oh, without question, they're going to be way more motivated in, in this in that game than they were against the Chiefs. You know, they, they were just trying to play off the strain against the Chiefs and, and believe me, it showed. So, you know, I think they're going to be way more motivated in this game. And, you know, a lot of people are looking at the Texans as a Super Bowl contender, obviously because they have the Sean Watson, you know, great quarterback. But when I look at their team, I don't think it's as good as it was last year, and that team got blown out by the Chiefs in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think their defense is that much better, and they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, so their offense isn't as good as it was either. So I think the Bears can win that game, and I think them to win that game despite the presence of Watson. Yeah, I agree, and I I can't honestly say that I think Trubisky will be the starter in that game. I mean, I would be shocked if Trubisky is still under center for the Bears at that point in time. Um, so I don't I don't know if we're going to get any Trubisky Watson uh, drama or narratives going well, you know, on. The NFL is begging for it. So. Yeah, no, I mean they certainly are. It's uh, you know it's a tried and true uh, method for national media to get get the Bears uh, fans stirred up uh, to get attention. But I, I just I, I can't see it. I would be I would be shocked. Um, you know even if Trubisky does start the season, I would say by by the middle by the you know by the middle uh, of the year he'll be he'll be out um but yeah, i don't i don't look at the texans and i i have a hard time seeing them getting back to the playoffs to be honest i mean they they've they lost the one of the best receivers in football and they added david johnson who's hasn't had a productive season in who knows how long so um and i think they picked up would they pick up some receiver right the but yeah yeah, Cooks. So, bleh. That's you know. <laughs> you know. Cooks is a decent receiver, but he's he's let's face it, he's no Hopkins. No. You know, it's it it it's you know it's interesting. I mean, um, if they get off to a bad start, I think O'Brien's going to have a mutiny on his hands. Absolutely. Oh, no question. So here's here's a dilemma. We've been talking about the Bears' schedule now. We're we're through 13 games, and you know we're we're looking at at you know uh, based on the conversations that I haven't been keeping a scorecard, but we're looking at like like you know a 10 and four record, uh, 10 and three record, nine and nine and four record going into these last few games. The Bears' schedule breaks pretty well for them uh, because they play, you know three of their last five games at home. Um, after the Texans, they do play t- two straight on the road against Minnesota, where, you know, U.S. Bank Field has been, um, it hasn't been the roller dome, that's for sure. It's The, the Bears have played well at the, at, uh, at the new stadium up in, in Minnesota. And then they, they travel down to Jacksonville uh, and, um, what could be a very, very winnable game there. Yeah, you know, 
they have played the Vikings well in their home for the past couple of years, but uh, it's always been a tough place to play, even with the new stadium. I have them losing that game, you know, just because it, it's a really tough place to play, and the Vikings are still a good football team. That's just, that's just going to be one of those that's kind of hard to win under circumstances, but I expect them to bounce back considerably against the Jaguars. You know, they, they continue to have turmoil all over the roster, all over the coaching staff. You know, they just you know can't find any continuity. They're losing a ton of their great players that carried them to the NFC Championship a couple years ago. So, you know, this is not the same team they were, you know, back then. So I expect the Bears to win that game, you know, provided they don't let Fournette go off. Fournette's playing for a contract. You know, he he didn't have his fifth-year contract picked up. You know, there were a lot, you know, and a bunch has been – written and much has been said on Twitter, Twitter universe, Bears Twitter, whatever you want to call it, about the Bears not picking up Trubisky's fifth year, which was an absolute the right move to make, in, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, he'll, he's going to be playing for a, a contract as well. And here's the crux of the season right now. If the Bears finish the first 14 games on their season at nine and five, you've got these last two games uh, and it's going to make or break the season at Jacksonville at home against green Bay. If they win both of those two games, they're 11 and five and they're going to the playoffs. That's right. And I have them beating both of them. I have them beating the Jaguars and I have them pulling out a win against the Packers. You know, I don't, I don't know. The, the Packers are so hard to pin down this year. They were really good last year, but they caught so many breaks. I mean, they were healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, the schedule broke their way in a lot of ways. And, you know, I'm looking at the turmoil brought about by the draft, Jordan Love, and I'm really wondering if they get off to a, t- a tougher start and they start to lose, I'm wondering if they're going to start to implode and Rogers is going to start looking for the exit door. And, you know, under those circumstances, I don't think it's going to be the same Packers team they played last year, a Packers team they actually played pretty well. So this is why I think they can end up winning that game, despite, you know, the Packers always seem to have their number. So one thing, uh, I think we forgot Tennessee, didn't we? Then we forget. Uh, yeah, I, I think we kind of glossed over Tennessee. Yeah, we glossed yeah. over Tennessee. Yeah, because, yeah, they fell they between the Saints uh, and the Vikings, but they, they do play on November 8th. Uh, in Tennessee, um, so uh, you know, and that, you know, that that's a game that can go either way. I, I would have them. I would have the Bears losing that game, even though I think it's going to be like it's going to be like a home game. Uh, I think there's going to be a ton of Bears fans there. I know a lot of people are circling that one as a as a travel game, to, you know, to go down to Nashville. Um, but I just think that uh, Tennessee's, you know, really well coached and they've got, you know, great run game. And I just, I, I, I would mark that down as a, as a loss. What do you think, Eric, about Tennessee? I agree with you. You know, it's just one of those tough, tough games you go into. It's on the road. Yeah, you're not going to have to worry too much about crowd noise, but you know, they're well coached. They're tough. They're mentally tough. Have a lot of talent offensively and defensively, although I think the defense might take a step back for some of their losses they suffered this year. I still think they're a good football team, and I think that's just, it's going to be one of those teams that the Bears are going to, you know, slip in because they're going to be looking towards the Vikings and then the bye week. They know they've got to beat the Vikings to, you know, get themselves back on track. So I think they're going to lose to the Saints and the Titans and then just sort of rebound against the Vikings. The interesting part about any season 
is is how they start and of course how they finish but um you know confidence is is a strange thing in this league and and you know when you look at the bears of 2018 how they they were able to finish they were 11 and 5 and they i mean they literally were you know two plays away from being 13 and 3 uh, and you know they had that they had that confidence they they had that air about them and there's nothing more if you have two players of the same ilk the same the same uh, physical attributes the guy with the with the most confidence is going to be the victor more often than not and if the bears are sitting there it's you know at 6 and 2 you know, going going into Week Nine against the Tennessee Titans, that could be a game that the Bears' confidence really shines well. And the Bears have played, always played, in Tennessee, extremely well. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying it's a it's a surefire loss. It's a fifty-fifty game for me. I can easily see them winning. It's just one of those situations where it's kind of hard to balance things out. I think they're going to have that, you know, sort of mid-season lull that they sometimes have, and it's going to be against the Saints and Titans, and then they just sort of, you know, reassert themselves against the Vikings before getting into the bye and, you know, healing up and preparing for the stretch run against the Packers and everyone else. So I can absolutely see them beating the Titans, but it's just one of those games that sort of fell in, in a way where I think they're going to probably drop a close one. Do you so a big question I guess is do you think that they have enough to, to win the division? I mean I, I feel like most Bears fans would say the Packers are the favorite to win the division, um, but do you think the Bears can can win the division? I absolutely think they can win the division. I have them going eleven and five, and I think that is good enough to definitely make the playoffs. Whether or not it's going to be good enough to win the division, I don't know. But I do think they're capable of doing it because they did it a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a question of how the schedule falls for all teams. And and if they can win most of their division games, I think they're going to be in a great spot. So, yes, I do think they can win the NFC North again and, you know, go into things with a lot of momentum, especially if they beat the Packers, you know, to end the season and get into the playoffs with some momentum. When you look at the end of the season, let's we can quickly take a look at the other teams in the division and their schedules. I'm not going to worry about Detroit, but you know, the the Packers have to play the Bears twice, the Eagles, they get Detroit, but they have to go to Detroit, whereas that's been kind of a house of horrors for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they they do have Carolina and Tennessee at home before they end the season in Chicago. But as we just said, you know, if their season is imploding around them by the time they get to those last three games, you know, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Um, the, the Minnesota Vikings play three of their last four games on the road. They have to go down to Tampa. Then they play the Bears at home. Then they have to go down to New Orleans so you know those three games are an absolute brutal stretch for the Vikings before they finish up in Detroit to end the year. So when you look at the you know how the Bears last four games stack up, you know Houston that should be a winnable game, Minnesota that should be could be a winnable game, Jacksonville that should be a winnable winnable game, and Green Bay. 
you know, if if you've got, you know, both all three of these teams, you know, sitting around that eight or nine win mark going into those last couple games, advantage bears. Oh, without question. I definitely agree with you. You know, I think they can easily go three and one in that final stretch if they're especially if they're hot because they showed under Nate in two thousand eighteen that when when they find a rhythm they tend to reel off wins, you know, in a row quite quite a lot. So if, if they're sort of feeling it after beating the Lions and Texans, which I think they will, you know, if they can easily go two and one in that final three game stretch, just you know, cruise into the playoffs. Especially with uh, you know the, the final slate those other teams have, you know I think the Packers are probably against the Titans in particular because I don't really like you know what they did at inside linebacker. I don't think they upgraded it at all, so I think their run defense is still going to be a problem for them. So yeah. that's that's going to be something to watch throughout the year. So you know I definitely think the Bears can win the division. I think I think they're going to go 11 and five. I know that sounds sounds optimistic, but I think they can. They're a good football team, and I think. You know, people are selling them short because of what happened last year, which is, you know, typical of what happens. So, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about this year. I think they can do well. Yeah, I mean, I love the low expectations. That's historically been great for the Bears. So, I, I not from you, but from the rest of the from the rest of the media and from the fan base. I mean, that's usually the high expectations are a killer for us. So, um, but I, I agree. Um, I look, I look, ten and six, uh, eleven and five. Uh, definitely a playoff team. So we thank you so much for your time, uh, Eric. You gave us uh, a lot of it and some amazing insight on the teams the Bears will be facing. Um, so it's, it's awesome to have you on the show. Again, Eric Lambert, um, and he's from Sports Mockery. Uh, he's a fixture on Bears Twitter. So much interaction. Uh, I think it's awesome how much you interact with everybody on Twitter. Anybody can, you know, shoot you questions, and you're always right there um, answering people and uh, just keeping it moving. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Eric, before you leave, uh, just a uh, you know, couple real quick things, if, if, you, if you have the time for it. There, are there any non-Bear games on the schedule you're excited to, to, to look at? Well, there's a couple openers that I'm really excited to watch. Brady against Breeze, you know, Bucks against 49ers, and then you've got the rematch between Mahomes and Watson, you know, the Chiefs on opening night against the Texans. So those are a couple of games I'm actually looking forward to. You know, hopefully they get played because you just don't know with this whole virus thing whether or not the games might have to be canceled. But if they do get played, those are two I'm definitely looking forward to. I was really surprised. There was a lot of talk. There was a lot of chatter that uh, that the league was going to front load the schedule with non-conference games in case of the, if, if they had to cancel any games early in the season, the non-conference games are least you know important when it comes to tiebreaker formats and you would just have an all-conference schedule of 12 games. So I was really kind of surprised to see that there was really, there was really no uh, there there was there was no concern for for the pandemic. Uh, it looks like uh, for the most part, the very first game of the year are all, all division games. Uh, and then the, the, a lot of the division games for a lot of the teams are all backloaded like we thought that was going to happen. But it was I was just very interested to see the fact that they didn't, front load the, the schedule with a lot of non-conference games. 
you know, the uh, the governor of Illinois just came out after, right before the schedule was announced, saying that he seriously doubts that there will be any fans at any game at Soldier Field in 2020. So that's going to be something too when you take a, when you take home field advantage out of some of these stadiums. It's definitely going to be an interesting situation. It sounds like, you know, the NFL, along with other leagues, are a little optimistic about, you know, how things can play out, that they feel that they can, you know, get the proper, you know, quarantine protocols, you know, keep things clean, all that stuff, you know, be extra careful on the medical fronts. They have the money to do so, so, you know, you'd think they'd be able to handle that. But in terms of bringing in that many fans, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. But in terms of maybe bringing harsh crowds, and keep them, keeping them, you know, relatively separated so there's lower risk of contamination. And, you know, there are options that allows you to go forward with something like this. It's just a question of how the, the entire virus thing plays out over the next couple of months. So it's sort of a wait-and-see approach right now. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, uh, you know, Sports Mockery, Sport Mockery has been a big fan of our sponsor, TickSplits.com. Uh, especially Southside Zoe and his Pinwheels and Ivy's podcast. So uh, I, I can I know I can speak for the folks over at Tick Splits that uh, they're very appreciative of the support that they've gotten from Sports Mockery over the last year. Or so uh, it's great to have you on. We hope we can have you back uh, often going forward this year. It was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for your time, sir. Bear down. Bear down. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor, TickSplits.com, to finish up our show with our history segment. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who isn't? Well, TickSplits.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TickSplits.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TickSplits.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TickSplits.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every video. Venue everywhere. Ticksplits.com has every ticket for every NFL game there on the website as of tomorrow morning. And uh, of course, save 5% by using the promo code TAILGATE, T A I L G A T E. Uh, tickets are guaranteed, so don't worry about it. Uh, Ticksplits.com, every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And remember, it's not just football, it's baseball, it's hockey when they come back. It's every single concert venue that you can think of in the United States. So there are over $6 billion of ticket inventory and Take Splits is waiting for you to get out of your house to go and enjoy whatever event you care to go to. We're back, uh, we can't uh, thank Eric Lambert from sportsmockery.com enough for coming on. Uh, he, uh, you know, what a, what a great segment, uh, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, guy knows his stuff, uh, really, you know, had, uh, a great analysis on all the games. So, um, you know, everybody on Bears Twitter, I'm sure knows who Eric is and, uh, and, uh, he was great. So that was fantastic. You know, if they, if the Bears, uh, and when you take a look at, and this is preseason, and you know there's a lot of, you know there's a lot of caution, but a little bit of hype as well. 
when you, you take a look at the fact that the, you know, the Bears, the expectation for the team in 2019 was sky high. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. And they absolutely, you know, they, they, they crapped the bed last year by finishing eight and eight. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, it was really seven and nine because Minnesota didn't show up for the last game of the year. And okay, I'll give you that. But you know, they were 11 and five for a reason the year prior. And with what that they, with what Pace and Nagy has done, shoring up the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball by by shoring up wide receiver in the tight end position, um, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic about the additions that they made along the offensive line than you and Eric uh, are. But it's 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 going to be it's going to be an interesting season and you know we talked about this all of last year Trubisky doesn't need to be Mahomes for the Bears to be a playoff contender he just needs if if he can be you know 28 to 30 touchdown passes 10 interceptions 3500 yards um, and and the defense uh, improves over their what was still a very good team last year, despite the fact that Mac was playing injured. That uh, you know Akeem Hicks was playing in that didn't play for most of the season. Uh, you know you had you had Roquan Smith out. You had Danny Trevathan out. You you lost a lot of key players on that defensive squad, and yet they were still you know in the the top tier in defenses in 2019. So if they can be a little lucky, uh, like the Packers were with injuries, who's not to say that this team is an, is an 11 and five again this year. And with the parity in the other divisions, you know, 11 and five could be, you know, a, uh, at least a number two seed. So before we go any further, let's remember that, only the top seed in each conference gets a bye week this year because of the added seventh team in each conference. Right. So, so it's going to be interesting. That top seed is going to be paramount for expectations of a Super Bowl win going forward because that's the only teams that don't have to play an extra game in the playoffs. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. If they do finish 11 and five, I'd be real happy after a after an eight, eight season last year. Uh, but again, it, it all comes down to what they can do offensively, uh, based on how poor the offense was last year. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I would say that my biggest question mark is: Can they have a real run game that they can count on? Um, I, I, I just I don't see Trubisky winning this job. It, it would shock me. I just don't see it. I don't think he's better than Foles. I don't think he knows the coaching staff. Uh, as as uh, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, so I think that what you're going to get in Foles is not going to be like some night and day amazing quarterback that's going to take them, you know, to 30 points a game. But what you are going to get is a professional, consistent quarterback who puts them in the right situations and actually makes the defense play them honest. Um, that being said, I still worry about the depth at the running back position. I like Montgomery. I think Montgomery is a good player. Uh, if Montgomery goes down, I'm not 
feeling strong about that at all. I really want to see them add a, a veteran running back. I, I, I've watched a little bit of this Artavis Pierce kid from Oregon State. He looks interesting, but it's a UDFA, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chalk him up as being a guy that's gonna be a, a contributor this season. Um, I also don't feel too great about the depth at the inside linebacker position because after Roquan and Danny, you've got Josh Woods and uh, Ebunue, uh, Iggy, who, let's be honest, have not been contributors on the field on defense. They've been a little bit on special teams. Uh, if we end up, you know, we don't have a Nick Kwiatkowski guy that's going to step up if one of those guys goes down. So you're right. I mean, we're going to have to be healthy um, and the best teams are always pretty much the healthiest. So that's not, that's not something new um, to say that the bears are going to have to be healthy, but um, I do think that the defense is going to be dominant. I think that they're going to get back to turning the ball over. Um, and I think that's just going to be because of the pass rush. Uh, you know, what you were missing in the turnovers this past season was just because the pass rush wasn't getting home. And if they, if they, if the offense can just get them 22, 23 points a game, and if they can just play with the lead, that'll be all the difference. Because last year they didn't play with the lead very much. Uh, they really couldn't, you know, I mean, let's be honest, they couldn't even rush the passer that much. The amount of times that Mac was actually in pass rush situations uh, was not that much. So, um, you know, I think this is going to need to be an old school Bears team. Run the ball, uh, you know, play good defense, and then have the ability to make some big plays. Uh, but I just look at the the... I'm hopeful because I believe that there is going to be a new offense that is going to be Foles and Laser and DeFlippo and Nagy, and nobody has that offense on tape. So they are going to take the league by surprise, um, I think. And even if, uh, you know, I think that there's a chance Trubisky starts game one um, if they're neck and neck, and they sort of give him that because he's done well against Detroit. Um, but I just don't see him lasting very long in the season, and that might be better for Foles because Foles has generally done better coming out of the bullpen. Uh, but once he comes in, I don't think he's going to give up the job unless there's injury. So I see them 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Um, I feel like there might be a little bit of a skid. Um, I actually have them losing the Rams game. I don't really know particularly why I just kind of have a feeling about that one. And so I look at there being like a little three game skid in seven, eight and nine. Then they get off the Schneid against Vikings, have the bye, come back and lose the Packers. And then they finish out the season uh, four and one um, to go 10 and six. And that I think makes them a wild card team. Um, but I think, you know, I think they can win one playoff game. I, I don't see this as a, team that is necessarily built for the Super Bowl, but um, I, I don't know if the offensive line is my biggest concern. I think there's some other issues um, that, that worry me. And it, you know, I think it's the run game and the and what they're going to do with the quarterback position. So we'll see. You know, in back in when the Bears won the Super Bowl back in, in 1985, they uh, uh, the AFC playoffs kind of went a little bit goofy, and, and it's happened several times where the, the – and, of course, back in those days, there was only one wildcard team, not two, not 
three like there are this year. And the New England Patriots went on a roll, and they ended up going down to Miami and beat the Dolphins in order to make it to the Super Bowl. And that was, you know, for those of us that are old enough to remember, everybody wanted the Dolphins because that was the one game that they lost during the year that that spoiled their their perfect season and every bear fan alive back in those days if you ask them today uh who they wanted to see the the bears play in the in super bowl 20 it was no doubt it was it was the dolphins pittsburgh steelers went on a roll and became a playoff team and won a super bowl the green bay packers in 2010 uh, uh, you know, they had to beat the Bears in the last game of the regular season to to sneak into the playoffs, and they ended up rolling through the, the playoffs as a wild card team, beat the Bears in Chicago after Jay Cutler uh, injured his knee, and Caleb Haney had to start the second half, and they ended up going to, to win the Super Bowl. So uh, it, it just, if you're in, you know, if you get on a roll, it's it's just like any other sport. If you get on a roll, as long as you're in, anything can happen. Right, and the Giants, uh, you know, obviously are a perfect example of that. You know, ended up beating the Patriots twice after being uh, nine and seven, ten and six. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at this team, if they're going to go uh, make a deep run, it's going to be similar to 06, really good defense, um, solid run game, and then an offense that has the ability to make some big plays. Uh, but they're going to have to get better quarterback play than what Rex Grossman did that season, in my opinion. Don't forget, it's interesting you brought that up, that after the first four or five weeks of the season, you know, it was on the, the, the tips of the tongues of every single major reporting agency, the front runner for MVP of the NFL was Rex Gross. And that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Cardinal and then the Cardinals game happened. Right. And that's one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things that sets us apart at, at the uh, Halitech Hall show, and we're, we're so proud to bring you uh, just about every week is our history segment. And over the past several weeks, we've been detailing the careers of, of players who the, the, the team has retired their number. Uh, we started at number three with Dronko Nagurski, and we've just gone in order, in numerical order since then, with after Bronco Nagurski, it was George McAfee, George Hallis, Willie Gallimore, Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, and uh, the next player that we're going to talk about was also a rookie in 1965. In 1964, in the vote for the Heisman Trophy, this running back actually placed higher in voting than Gail Sayers. He placed higher in the voting than Joe Namath. He had a very short career with the Bears, and we're speaking of Brian Piccolo. Uh, Brian Piccolo wore number 41. Uh, he was not drafted despite leading the entire nation 
in in running in rushing yards at Wake Forest University. He went undrafted. He came to the Bears as a as a free agent, despite the fact that the Bears had drafted Gale Sayers. Uh, and you know the guy, you know, he he played well. He didn't make the team his rookie year. Uh, back in back in the '60s, uh, they had a practice squad. It was called the Taxi Squad. They could practice with the team, but they couldn't uh, they couldn't dress for the for the games. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was interesting that this is a this is a guy that the Bears took on, and you know he didn't make the team at first, but he ended up making the team in in the the next year. And he played very well for the Bears, especially in special teams his, his first year. Aaron, uh, you know, obviously you weren't around back, uh, back in the, the mid-60s. I was, I was uh, a young strapping lad of uh, eight years old when the Bears drafted Gale Sayers and Dick Butkus and, and Piccolo came, came in uh, as, a, as a free agent. So I don't remember a lot. Uh, the the one thing I do remember is the the fact that that he had cancer, and you know he actually died from his cancer um, a, a year or two before my own father passed away from cancer, so that hit me really hard. But uh, you know he, he was he was a he was a good solid ball player, but uh, you know he's more he was more of an inspiration to the team than he was a stellar athlete, which is why his his jersey got retired. Uh, you know Piccolo's biggest statistical year was in 1968. That was the year, of course, Gale Sayers went down with his tragic knee injury. Uh, you know, but he had 450 yards uh, rushing. He had scored two touchdowns. He he had 28 receptions for about 300 yards. Um, you know, it, but and then in 1969, he came into the lineup as a starter alongside Gale Sears, uh, with Sears returning as as the back in those days they called it tailback. Uh, Piccolo was moved uh, to fullback, uh, so they played on at at the same time. Aaron, I'm sure that you know since we we kind of talked about these earlier. I'm sure you did a little, a little research. What uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the legendary Brian Piccolo? Uh, well, you know he's one of these guys that, I mean, he really is is a, a more of an iconic um, personality in, in in American you know sort of football lore and. Also, because of Brian's song, um, you know, an American uh, or Americana, really, um, you know, and so that's really more what I know him for. Um, you know, I can't say I, I really have any strong uh, feelings or recollections or anything about his playing career, um, but him and Gail Sayers are just attached um, because of their friendship and because of, you know, of course, the, the tragic death of, of, of Brian and then also the, the, the tragic injury to Sayers. Um, you know, and, and I mean, Piccolo has really just kind of woven himself into the fabric of, of uh, the American sports history, essentially. I mean, there's, you know, uh, he's from Massachusetts, but he's got, you know, schools named after him in, in New York and, um, 
you know, hospitals and um, different awards and things like that. You know, so it's he's it's one of the cool things about the Bears is that, you know, you have this another historical aspect of things. And I mean, let's be honest, he wasn't on very good teams, um, but it didn't really matter because his story, you know, sort of transcended football. And uh, I think that's, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> Brian's song, I think, was was maybe uh, even prior to 85, something that kind of made non-football fans more aware of the Bears, especially around the country. Um, so, uh, that you know, I think he has a lot to do with that. One of the important things about the Bears and in, in, in the league in general was back in the early, mid, even into the late 60s, players were still segregated. So when they went on the road and they went to hotels, they they you didn't have uh, you know mixed races in the same room until 1969, and and the Bears made a decision to group their their personnel by uh, by position, and Piccolo and Sayers were the only running backs on the team in 1969. So they became the first interracial roommates in Bears history, uh, which only added to to not only the legacy, but but their, their friendship. Uh, and I'm going to add a little bit of personal things in here because, of, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, my father uh, also passed away from cancer. My father had, had his first operation uh, in September of 1967. Uh, he had, he had a, a tumor in his chest wall, which which is ironic because that's where the tumor was in, in Brian Piccolo. Uh, but Brian Piccolo's first surgery uh, was, uh, you know, he, he was playing in 1970, uh, I believe. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was in 1969. Uh, he scored, uh, yeah, ironically, he scored the, uh, the game-winning touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, which sends us down a, a completely different road going leading into 1970 because if the Bears don't beat the Steelers, they finish 0-14, they have the first overall pick in the draft. When they beat the Steelers, they ended up tied with 1-13 records. And back then there was no, there, there were no tie-breaking procedures. If you had a tie, you flipped a coin. Bears lost the coin flip. Pittsburgh got the first pick in the draft. And they drafted some kid out of Louisiana by the name of Terry Bradshaw, and the rest is history. Uh, but um, the week week after the the win over over Pittsburgh, they they were playing uh, in Atlanta, and uh, they of course lost that game. Uh, it, he scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but he took himself out of the game afterwards because he said he had a hard time breathing. He never took himself out of a game. So it was really something that, that to see this, this stellar uh, player for the Bears, an Ironman, if you will, even though he played such a short career. Uh, and, of course, all the players were, were pretty concerned about it. Uh, he, and he was... Rushed to uh, after the game he, when they returned to Chicago, he was sent to a medical examination where he was diagnosed with his cancer. Uh, 
uh, it's a very rare type of cancer that's actually testicular cancer, but it had spread into uh, his, his lungs. So in April of 1970, he underwent a second operation because he had they'd gone in and removed the tumor. But in 1970, in, in April, they removed his entire left lung. They removed his pectoral muscle. Uh, he was readmitted. He was readmitted into the hospital in early June, and at that point, uh, they had discovered that the, the 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 cancer had spread to other organs. And uh, in, on June 16th, he died at the age of 26. Uh, here's here's how significant of a teammate he was for the Bears. Two of his pallbearers. Gail Sears, Dick Butkus. That kind of says it all about how beloved this guy was for this team. Nobody has worn the number 41 ever since. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the One other thing I would mention, uh, not about Piccolo per se, but I don't know if you read the article that Dan Pompey wrote on The Athletic about uh, the Bears almost getting Joe Montana because um, you brought up the, the Bradshaw thing, and we've talked about uh, near misses. But he, Dan Pompey wrote a pretty great article about how uh, the Bears had really targeted Joe Montana. And uh, for whatever reason, Jim Finks got cold feet, and he was sitting there, and they decided not to take him. Um, and they took uh, Willie McClendon from Georgia. Um, who was their highest-rated uh, running back at the time because uh, Jim Finks thought they should keep keep it going with Vince Evans and uh, and Mike Phipps. So um, Bears missed out on uh, Joe Montana uh, back in the <laughs> back in the '79 uh, draft. So uh, another yeah. another near miss in the storied history of uh, Bears quarterback uh, futility. So, you know, speaking of Bears quarterback futility, you know, one of the things that has been a theme around Bears Twitter uh, and kind of he kind of put himself in, in the in, in this basket is when Pace became the general manager of the, of the Bears. He said it, it, he didn't think it would be a bad idea to, to bring it bring in a quarterback every year. Right. You know how many quarterbacks Ryan Pace has signed since he began his tenure as Bears general manager? Yeah, I think I saw this. It's like 18 or something. Yeah, and you know how many of those quarterbacks are still in the league? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Four. I think it would be, it would be like Glennon, Trubisky, uh, Fails. Um and who else? Barkley, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Who, who knows? But so, so you know the you know, the snake bitten Bears organization in quarterbacking, uh, you know, is goes all the way back to probably the fifties. Uh, maybe even the 40s when when uh, they traded Bobby Lane to the Detroit Lions, and he only went on to win, you know, three 
NFL titles for the Detroit Lions, and they haven't sniffed a playoff, um, you know, a, an NFL championship since his time. But uh, yeah, it's just that's that's the, you know, the Bears. The Bears are known for what? Running backs and linebackers. Yep. Quarterbacks, not so much. <laughs> yep, and that's why I think I think this year is going to be another. Uh, I don't know who we were kidding, thinking we were going to have a high-powered offense. So uh, maybe this year, now that we're not expecting it, this will be the year that it all starts clicking for whoever uh, whoever is the quarterback. <laughs> Nothing would please me more, and I, I know that that in this uh, this room of two uh, between you and me. Uh, I am still holding out hope that that Trubisky, that the light goes on. If the light goes on, you know, he could be the Bears quarterback for the next 10 years and be, you know, hold every single record that the Bear uh, at a Bears quarterback has. Uh, but he just hasn't. There's there's nothing there to to be enthusiastic about, you know, as as you so well noted when we were talking with Eric earlier on the show. He just doesn't have it. Uh, at least he hasn't shown it. He's shown it in bits and pieces. He's shown it against Detroit. He's he's shown it uh, against Green Bay when they won the division back in December of 18. He's shown it against Tampa. He showed it against the New York Jets. But for every every great pass that he's thrown, you know, there was somebody on Twitter that put together every every play or every pass in in 2019 that that either was or should have been intercepted and you know it was it was really really sad to 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 see and there was a a graphic where uh and it was on nfl network earlier this evening before the before the draft or before the uh, uh schedule uh, marathon went on and they were actually interviewing Allen Robinson and they were showing a graphic that um, passes longer than 15 yards. Um, his, Trubisky's on target rate was like 35%, which was like 24th worst or he was, you know, 24th in, in the league. And that's yeah. how poor his yeah. downfield throws were to be on target. So, Obviously, some things have got to change. Uh, but to your point earlier in the show, you got you got Flip, you got Laser, you got Nagy, you got Foles. They've all worked together. Okay, Trubisky hasn't worked with DeFilippo. He hasn't worked with Laser. So even though he's the incumbent, he's the guy that's behind the eight ball. But if he does turn it around, you know, this with the defense that they have, with the additions that they've made to the pass rush to the other side of the quarter, I think the other the other corner is going to be far better than Amukamara was in 2019. Uh, whoever lines up, and I think this Jalen Johnson guy, uh, when you hear him talk and you hear his attitude, and, you know, he's got three goals. He wants to be. He wants to a make the starting lineup. He wants to be the what defensive rookie player of the year, and he wants to win the Super Bowl. Who who doesn't love this guy already in Chicago? Yeah. Well, that's I I am I was most impressed I think with Pace in that 
We needed a tight end. He got a tight end. We we had a big problem at cornerback. Now we have. I think we're we have depth at cornerback. You know, so uh, I like that. And and you know what? They had a they had a problem at quarterback, and they addressed it. I mean, you know, we I talked about on uh, my other show. You know, people freaking out about. Uh, did Pace make the right choice with Dalton, you know, and Cam Newton not being signed and this, that, and the other? But it, my point was just that if the if Pace had waited till now and there was no quarterback in the in in the fold, uh, people would be burning stakes out in front of Hallis Hall at this point. They would be they would be barbarians at the gate. I mean, they, they couldn't wait. So. You know, uh, maybe you can argue that they that they shouldn't have given up, uh, you know, a fourth round pick or whatever. But I don't. I think somebody would have had Foles if the Bears didn't get him. And there was not really a scenario where the Bears were going to have a choice between three, you know, free agents being Cam Newton, Foles, and Dalton. Um, you know, they had to make the choice. They made the they made the safest choice, and then they also, I think, made a choice that helped that fit the salary cap um and that's why i said i said okay you don't like it you know how everybody wants to say that the bears took khalil mack as their first round pick for the last two seasons well guess what the bears took nick Foles with the 140th pick overall this season you happy now and they're paying him seven million dollars a year so shut up like it's like it's not a bad deal he's the 27th highest paid quarterback in the league like, give me a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's just, I, and people just want to bitch to bitch. And I think Pace has done, you know, yeah, he missed on, he missed on Trubisky. He missed on Floyd. He, you know, he missed on Shaheen. Shaheen will be gone soon too. Um, I think what's interesting is that I think that this year is kind of like the year where he's saying to Nagy, okay. We're getting you all your guys. We're getting you a new quarterback. So you better make it happen. Um, you know, this offense better be something because Nagy, I think, has delivered from a leadership standpoint, but he has not been the offensive uh, producer and coach that he was advertised to be at all. So that's my, that's going to be what's most interesting. If, if and when I believe Foles wins the job, if this offense is not at least a middle of the pack top 15 to you know 12 offense then you gotta look at Nagy and go you know is this because we've talked about it before if Nagy was the offensive coordinator and not the head coach he would have been fired um you know and I don't think the Bears are unhappy with pace but I I don't think that they're gonna go down that pace is gonna keep you know tying his uh fortunes to Nagy if if this season doesn't go well um just from a you know just from a professional standpoint so it'll yeah. be interesting to see absolutely the last thing of course we need to talk about and we we touched base on it earlier uh but we haven't given it any conversation is of course uh over the weekend it finally came out they had a monday deadline about trubisky's fifth year option uh, they came out over the weekend, and it, every, it became known what everybody was suspecting, that, of course, the Bears declined the fifth-year option 
on Mitch Trubisky's contract. Uh, and, you know, some people are out there saying this is this signals the end of, uh, of Trubisky's time in Chicago. It seems to be that you're on that bad wagon as well. And th there's a lot of people that are lining up on, on that side of, uh, you know, of, of the tug of, you know, the, the tug of war rope. Um, but it was the right move. It was the right move in so many ways. So let's talk about that for a little bit. They declined his option. Uh, so he's basically, uh, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. You know, at a very cap-friendly amount, his his cap hit goes up to what twenty-one million dollars in his fifth year. Had they picked up the option, if this kid balls out this year, which nobody's expecting him to, but let's just assume that the Bears get off to a four-zero start, like we talked about earlier in the show, and it's Trubisky under center doing it. You know, if if I'm the Bears, I'm not going to pull the trigger just yet. I'm going to wait, you know, a little bit deeper into the season because you do have that tough spot coming up in the schedule. Uh, but let's say they go the entire season without extending Trubisky, and he ends up being the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of the out of college and. And, you know, let's, you know, this is revisionist history that we're looking at today. But it, this, you know, in, in, in March of 2017, Mitch Trubisky was, by many accounts, the top QB in the draft. He was. Uh, you can go back and, and look. You can research all you want. You can say the Bears missed. But a lot of people thought that Trubisky was going to be the Mahomes of that draft. He was going to be the best quarterback of that draft. So he balls out. You don't do anything. You franchise him going into next year. Uh, because of the situation with the virus and, and the losses of revenues, uh, there's there's a thought out there that that the the cap's gonna you know cap space is gonna take a hit going into 2021. So that franchise tag is might only be 23 or 24 million as opposed to the 21 million that he was going to get anyway. Mm -hmm. So so at, at 22, 23, 24 million to have a guy that that led your team to the playoffs and God forbid the Bears win the Super Bowl and they franchise tag him at 24, 25 million dollars. Uh, is that such a bad thing? Depends on how well he plays. I mean, to be honest, yeah. and it depends on it depends on what happens with the season. I mean, if, if if this is a season where the defense, you know, carries them and Mitch, like, and let's say that it's a repeat of 2018. No, I do not franchise him. I do not sign him to a long-term deal. Even if they go 12 and four, I just don't because I look at the the comp that a lot of people want to bring up that lately it's it's morphed from Drew Brees comp to Roethlisberger to Stafford to you know people want to compare their stats in the early part of their career. Well, there's another comp that's that I think is more apropos and it's Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles 
also put up some pretty big stats, even though his completion percentage was pretty crappy. But he also had, you know, some good seasons. And he got paid, and they had the defense, and they thought everything was going to be hunky-dory in Jacksonville, and it wasn't because he wasn't the guy. And I also look at Jared Goff. Jared Goff, from a fantasy standpoint, good numbers, doesn't isn't a winning quarterback. That's my issue is that he has to – I need Trubisky to show – I don't care if he throws for 2,500 yards and 15 touchdowns and 10 picks. If he wins games because of his efforts, great. I don't need him to be a great fantasy quarterback. I need him to be a guy that they win because of. And so you're right. I mean, they don't – they didn't need – there was no reason to pick up the option. Um, I think if you pick up the option, you send the wrong message and you kind of – undercut the idea that it's a competition um, because I think their goal has been, you know what, like we're done coddling kid. Um, Nagy realizes he's coaching, you know, he's now kind of coaching for his job a little bit. Um, and maybe Pace feels that he's, you know, uh, you know, in, on the hot seat, although, again, I don't think that's the case, especially with what you bring up with the lost revenue. I hardly see the Bears – um, after you know, possibly losing all this uh, revenue, then paying people to go away, like your general manager and your head coach and and people like that, unless it's just a disaster. I mean, it would have to be like a Tressman three and thirteen, you know, just disaster where things are embarrassing and et cetera. So you don't pick up the option, great. But for me, I need more than just. Uh, a 2018 season, even if they go to the playoffs, even if they look like a good team, I'm just not paying this guy. And I think that's the nice part about having Foles there is that you could say, okay, well, we still have a a steady guy. We still have a top defense and now we're going to have a first round pick. So, you know, let him walk. I mean, I, I, I think Mitch, I, I think Mitch needs to change a change of scenery. It's a shame the way it all went down. Um, the, the Chicago fans are tough on their quarterbacks. And then the Mahomes Watson thing was just horrible luck for him. I mean, the fact that those two guys and Mahomes end up being, a, you know, a Super Bowl champion and looks like a future Hall of Famer. It's just terrible luck for him. Um you know, so I, I, I hope for his sake, because, you know, I don't have any will will towards the guy that he goes on and, and can can have a nice career, maybe gets a chance to start somewhere else. If he doesn't, you know, he look at Mariota. Mariota just signed a nice contract to be a backup. I think that's what he should be looking towards. Be a, You know, if he doesn't win the job this year, be a great teammate and get yourself an $8 million a year backup job. And maybe he ends up having a Nick Foles moment in his career um, down the line or something like that. I just think that's more realistic. I feel like it's so, at this point, he is so polarizing for this fan base um, that it would be career suicide to to tie yourself to him unless he really just becomes unequivocally the guy, the guy that we have never seen before in Chicago in a Five times, you know that that is just 
champion, the quarterback, the reason that that they are winning. And yeah, I don't think he has to go to the Super Bowl, but he's he's got to win at least one playoff game and be the reason that they won. Uh, in addition to having that great season, for me, that's just where I sit on it. Absolutely. You know, so the the other side of the coin, of course, is is Nick Foles, and you know, Nick Foles, uh, kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield of quarterbacks. You know, he he played for Philadelphia in 12, 13, and 14. He got sent off. Uh, he ended up uh, going to Kansas City. I'm sorry, St. Louis, for one year, uh, and then he was with Kansas City. Uh, and then he came back to Philadelphia. And all this kid has done in, in 13, 14, 17, and 18 for Philadelphia, you know what his record was? 20 and 6. Yeah. Do, do you know what Carson Wentz's record is in the last two years in Philadelphia? 14 and 13. Yeah. And you let this guy get away. So. It's one of those things, guys, I mean. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP, and you and you sh- you you shuffled him off to Jacksonville. You know, well, how, he almost, how bizarre before, was that? Well, and before he went to Kansas City, after um, after leaving Philly, he almost retired. So, yeah. and then he came back and won the Super Bowl. So, it's you know, it just you, it just goes to show you never know. I mean, you know, Kurt, Kurt Warner was bagging groceries. Um, you never know where where these guys and 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 I just that's what I feel like as I'm hoping that this is a great situation for Foles, um, you know, and that's that's what they need. They need that chemistry, um, and just you know, Trubisky is just like I, I like I wanted him to succeed, and if he ends up winning the job, I'm gonna root for him just as hard. But I just it's it's just so hard because you. He wanted him to to be something so much, and he just hasn't done it. And he, you know, we spent so much time defending this kid to everybody, and then everybody ended up being right about him. And you know, so far, but you know, you can you can turn. I mean, you know, people can turn things around um, for sure. And stranger things have happened. Uh, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls, had two Super Bowl MVPs, and and the Giants fans and media basically wanted to run him out of town almost every single season. So you know he had he had the most embattled probably Hall of Fame career you're ever going to see, uh, you know, for a guy just because yeah for the most part until the biggest moments uh, he's kind of whatever he's just kind of average. Absolutely. The last word on, on snake bit quarterbacks in the Chicago Bears. There is another quarterback that actually had a tryout for the Bears, and there was some bizarre reason he could not get to Chicago, and uh, he ended up never coming in for a workout. And this guy's name happens to be Kurt Warner. Right. You know, so yeah. it's 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 just uh, the you know the the snake bitten quarterback saga of the Bears continues. Hopefully it ends this year. Yeah. Uh, hey, we've got a we've got a great uh, uh, show lined up for next week. Of course, we'll be talking more about the the Bears schedule, any additions or subtractions uh, to the roster as they continue to tweak. 
Uh, our, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our, our, our Hall of Fame or retired numbers Bears history segment. Uh, and we're going to go back to the Windy City gridiron. Uh, there is a, a writer there by the name of Jeff Berkus. Uh, he has uh, put together a series called the Bears Championship Belt Series. Uh, we had him on several weeks ago for for part one, which took us from the very beginning up until, I believe, it was uh, um, – through the first first championship, or no, it was, first, it was through the Depression. Uh, we had him on for week two, and it was going to take us from the Depression up until the, the 1960s, uh, but there was a technical glitch, and uh, so he's going to be back on the show next week to talk about the championship belt series, and uh, we'll have him on a little bit more often because there are five parts to this series and he's got four of the five already done. So over the next few weeks between our, our, our Bears retired jersey segment and Jeff's championship belt segment, uh, we've got a lot of history to talk about. So uh, we're going to welcome back Jeff Burkus from the Windy City Gridiron uh, next week. Uh, so until then, we, of course, want to thank uh, our sponsor, TickSplits.com, they do have $6 billion of ticket inventory. So go buy your tickets for those concerts that you've been wanting to see because most of the ones from earlier in this year have been rescheduled. Your tickets are guaranteed. Uh, there are refund policies in place if the events are getting canceled. Uh, you actually have your choice of getting your money refunded. Uh, for the amount of your purchase, or you get a voucher good for 120% of your purchase, uh, good towards another event on, uh, on TechSplits.com. So take, adva take advantage of that. Uh, and, of course, I want to thank our host, uh, our co-host, Aaron Torricelli, and producer of the Halitech Hall Show, and, uh, of course, our special guest from sportsmockery.com, Eric Lambert. Uh, what a great segment our, uh, our schedule segment was this year. Uh, the schedule broke pretty well for the Bears this year. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a brutal, you know, there's that brutal stretch between week 7 and 12. Uh, but, again, confidence is uh, that 12th man in the hole. And if mm -hmm. the Bears can... You know, if the Bears can start strong, who knows what can happen in those games in the middle of the season. So, mm -hmm. Aaron, any last words on your end? No, sir. Good stuff. We will uh, see everybody next week and uh, just uh, wishing everybody health and uh, good fortune as we uh, continue to, to, to get through these uh, challenging times. Um, but uh, glad we have uh, football uh, to keep us uh, buoyed and keep our attention, um, you know, away from some not so pleasant things. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk again soon. Stay safe and bear down. Good night. Yes, sir.